The following podcast contains strong language and mature themes. Hello and welcome to the show. We're a pair of investigative podcasters on the trail of an unsolved death from 1984. This is episode three, and if you haven't listened to the previous ones, this might not make any sense. Go back and listen to them first. Okay, my name is Marie Colson. I'm working with Gemma Kingsley, and we're calling this investigation The Body in the Woods. you join us in our investigation of the man known as Kenny Goldsmith. We're trying to find out who he was and why he was found dead in the woods near this town. We're following up on a couple of leads that came from our talk with the author Robert Jennings. It was his book that started all this. His notes mention that Kenny had called into the local pub for directions prior to his body being found. And as we know of only one pub that was around at the time, there was only one man to talk to, Billy White. So we've popped back to the Longman Arms in town, hoping to have a chat with the owner, Billy, again. It's been a couple of weeks since we last visited. We have our drinks and we headed over to our favourite table. Billy is working today and hopefully we'll be with her soon. Ah, and it looks like Billy is free to join us. Hello again, back for more insight from the celebrity landlord. I've listened to the last two episodes, they're really good. I liked my appearance in them. So, what have you got for me this time? We're glad you're enjoying the podcast. And the limelight. (laughs) I did used to be a TV chef back in the day. I can handle it. Really? Not now. We were wondering if you remember talking to a man on the 17th of March 1984? You're shitting me. Oops. Sorry, can I swear? I'll bleep it out if necessary. Okay, that wasn't fair. It's just we read from the police statements that the man who died, Kenny Goldsmith... He visited the village pub on the Saturday morning when he first arrived. Do you think you can recall anything? And are you William White? That was the name on one of the statements that we found. Only Mum called me William. I changed it to Billy in 73 when I moved here from the States. Back in 1984, I was a sous chef in this pub, and it certainly was the only one in the village. That was long before I owned it. Such a long time ago. Would be so much easier with a photo. Oh, hang on. Let me get my phone. For the recorder, Gemma's showing Billy a photo on her phone. God, the scarf. I remember that scarf. Really long and different colours. Just like the one from Doctor Who. Uh, uh, Tom Baker. Now I remember him. I was called through to talk to this chap. I rarely came front of house. I normally worked in the kitchens, but there was no one else free. Kenny had come in asking about... Farms. Yes, that was it. Farms. He wanted to know were there any farms that dealt with livestock in the area and where he could find them. And did you give him what he asked for? I did. I think there were three in the local area at the time. Gave him a rough map where they were all located. And can you remember the names of these farms? Don't recall them now, sorry. Does that mean I helped in the death of this man? Oh dear. And he was definitely wearing this scarf. Definitely. It's strange there was no mention of a scarf in the police reports. 
We are now in Witten Cemetery, the newer cemetery. There's an older one from when this was a village, which is no longer used. It's pretty much standard in shape, very functional. Rectangular, grassed and surrounded by a white stone wall. Don't ask me what type of stone it is, but it's common around this town. I would say about a quarter of the ground has been filled. I'll look down the left side. Okay. It certainly looks like these are all new graves. These dates only go back 30 years, which ties in with what we were told. We're looking for the grave of Albert Chapman, a.k.a. the dog walker. We want to tie up all loose ends where possible and pay respects as well. Any joy, Marie? Nothing yet. You? Oh. I asked if you found anything. Gemma? You okay, Gem? Yeah. I'm fine. I'm just taken by surprise. Why? What did... Oh. Is that your mum's? Yeah. Have you not been there since? No. Look, uh, this is difficult for me. Can you talk about it? About what happened? She died ten years ago, on the 19th of June. It was a car accident. She was on her own, travelling from work, as far as I remember when she left the road and drove into a drainage channel. We were devastated. It took me a long time to get over losing her. I suffered in lots of ways. My university work suffered and I started seeing my dad less. You had less contact with him? Well, he started working away from home more. He's a long-distance lorry driver, so he's usually away, but he seemed to take longer. I guess it hit us all in different ways. I think that's why I didn't do very well in my degree, but I didn't care then. I just wanted to get finished. I didn't realise. And that's not the worst bit. Okay, go on. I heard the result of the inquest of the accident. It concluded that someone had seen her on the wrong side of the road, swerving and losing control. I've read that report over and over, as you do, and it just didn't make sense. I think, not that I can prove it, that the guy who gave the statement caused the accident. I looked into trying to get another coroner's inquest, but I would have had to have foot the whole bill. That would be tens of thousands. The only other option would be to have new evidence for the police to reopen the case. Wow. Well... Maybe we can use a podcast to investigate it or ask people if they saw anything. We can try, but I doubt if we'll find anything. Look, can we stop for a moment? Good to carry on? Thanks. I'm ready. We've located the grave of Albert Chapman... It's a simple headstone and says he died on 8th of September 2010, aged 82. Funny how you see these gravestones and you know nothing about their past. Albert, we know, had a dog and stumbled across something he probably never wanted to see, yet had to live with for 26 years. I wonder if he ever thought about it. Guess we'll never know.
I've come to the public library, but today I'm on my own. Marie still has commitments and needs to work on her new video. This is a very new and shiny library. Very modern in design with lots of large glass windows. And it's all open plan. There are several horseshoe shaped seating areas around for people to sit and read or study. I don't need one of those as I'm looking for the archive section. I've been told I have to ask for a microfiche. It sounds very small. I'll ask the receptionist. Hello, I'm looking for the microfiche section. I'd like to go through some newspaper archives. Hi, I can show you where to go. Have you used one before? Uh, no. Follow me. I'll show you where the room is. I'll give you a quick introduction on how to use the machine. It's just in here. Here are all the newspapers prior to 2000. They come on reels. You search by paper and then by date. Do you know what you're looking for? Yes, the Cambridge Gazette, local edition. Um, the 19th of March, 1984 and subsequent days. OK, here we go. Really simple. Load the spool here and feed the film leader there here. Wrap it around the other spool like so. Turn this speed dial and stop when you find the date. Thank you. It's way bigger than I thought. You heard the word micro. That refers to the size of the text. I see that now. Thank you. Right, give me a shout if you need anything. So much material here. Good job I have a date. I think we have something here. Yes, here we go. Front page of the Cam Gazette, as it was called back then. Article titled, Man's Body Found in Woods, and marked exclusive by the author, Scarlett Drayton. I'll just take a photo of the article. Scarlett has certainly led the charge with the sexual themes in the story. All speculative, I guess. Dread to think what his family made of all of this. But it is funny how this broke on the day the body was found. But all the coroner's findings seemed to match the story in the paper. I would have thought it would be the other way round. This has me intrigued now. We definitely need to visit the local paper. I'll email the editor now and see if we can arrange a visit this week. I emailed the editor, who I assumed was Scarlett. I was surprised she responded within the hour, and she agreed to meet us after five on the following day, allowing Marie to join the interview after her own blogging work. I met up with Gemma on the corner of Abrams Avenue and Drayton Road. I think there'll be many more places we'll end up in. Hello? Someone there? 
Hi, um, it's Gemma Kingsley. I messaged you yesterday for a meeting. Yes, Gemma, come in, come in. Just lift the countertop. There's some sanitizer on the side if you need it. Thank you. Seems to be a big office in here, but not many people. Newspapers have changed over the years, and the way we gather news has changed. Over time, the numbers required to run a paper dropped, and the size of tech got smaller. We only use a fraction of the floor space now. The rest is just archives. Right now, I've had to furlough half the staff. Don't get me started on that. They've had several months paid holiday while the rest of us rush around and do their work as well. We don't get any time off, and they moan when they have to return. Ungrateful. But tell me all about your project. Something to do with podcasts, right? Yes, we've started an investigative podcast to look at some of the historic unsolved deaths in this area. We have one, and it's led us to you. How many have you done? Sorry, I haven't had a chance to listen to any. We're recording our third episode now. Are you okay if we record this as part of it? Record away. I know you've covered many cases, but the one we're looking at is your very first story. Oh, wow, that's... that's a long time ago. What made you choose that one? It was the first local unsolved death we came across. It seemed interesting enough. How did you find anything about it? I didn't think there was much out there to follow up on. We read Robert Jennings' book. Oh. And then we spoke to him, and he gave us lots of information. Oh, that was the death of Kenny. Kenny Goldsmith. That certainly was my first one. Are you able to talk us through how you broke the story, especially as it went national? Well, I was in the office. I had only been an intern for a week, and I had been put in charge of the police scanner, listening out for anything interesting. Must point out, we weren't supposed to do that, but it gave us an edge. We heard a message come over the scanner that something had been discovered over in the forest. I got the nod from the senior editor, grabbed my tape recorder, and headed out. I arrived at the local beauty spot, but there were police there, so I parked a little further down the road. I made my way through the trees and circled back to where the body was located. The trees were bare, since it was early in the year, and the barking of a dog carried through the quiet and gave me a direction to head towards through the forest. I was terrified, being my first time. I remember struggling to get the tape recorder started. I didn't set the record button, and I missed all the details at the location. I was so flustered, and when I came to write the article, I embellished a little. I didn't expect the story to be picked up by the Nationals. It went viral, 80s style. What I didn't expect was the police to file the report that mirrored what I made up. So, Kenny wasn't strangled by the rope? I can't answer that, but there was a rope around his neck. I had seen several recent news reports of sex-related deaths or suicides. It seemed quite popular at the time. And I was inspired by this when I wrote the article. I was naive enough to think it would be ignored and just disappear. How wrong was I? It helped me get picked up and promoted, but I do feel sorry for his family. Do you have any other information as to why he was there from your investigations? No, we never found out about that. 
It took a while to identify who he was. It was the police who passed over his name to us. That's when it all exploded. If I can help in any way now, please let me know. I owe it to the family. We heard that Kenny was looking for farm locations. Do you have any idea why? As I said, this is all new material to me. I never got the chance to do any deep investigations. Everything got swept along in the surge that followed. The media storm stopped any proper reporting. When the big papers turned up, everyone closed their doors and windows and hid. Eventually, it did blow over and everyone moved on. No one wanted to open the case again. Is that why there's not much on the internet about it? Possibly. Or it could just be that it's an old story that hasn't been made available. Most news reports prior to 2000 haven't been put onto the internet. You have to search at the local library for them. Although we do hold most of our old papers here. I found that out yesterday at the library. Look, thank you for talking to us. I can imagine it's been difficult going back over old stories. As I said, I will give you any help you need. Just ask. Thank you again. paper office not knowing any more details but somehow resolute in the knowledge that there was more to investigate and it felt like we were on the right track and then an unexpected event happened as we walked back through town that was really positive i hope we've just found an ally in scarlet i hope so too oh there's a man in a suit standing in the middle of the footpath he looks to be in his mid-30s slight stubble He's looking intently at us. Shall we run? I see your audio descriptions are getting better. Are you going to add suave and good looking as well? No, I haven't decided. You know about the podcast? Number one fan. Yes, I've listened to your podcast. It has caught the attention of one or two people outside of this town. I was going to say, you don't look local. I'm not from here. What are you doing here then? A good question. I'm here on behalf of someone else. I would like to get in touch with you talk to you about your investigation, fill you in on some details. How can we trust you? You can't, but here is a card of a lady in question. It has her mobile on it. Why can't she just email? She doesn't want to. Please call her. It's in your best interests. Well, that was very odd. Are we going to call this mystery woman? There's an awful lot that we don't know about this case, and she might be someone who can help us to join the dots. What's it say on the card? Just says Felicity and gives a mobile number. Nothing on the other side. Back to the studio then, shall we? Good idea, Marie. That was another eventful week. You went to the library to look at old newspapers. We visited the newspaper office. We found the grave of the dog walker. And we started the week in the pub. And don't forget the strange man in the street. That was weird on so many levels. Like, how did he know we would be there at that time? It was odd him saying it's attracting other attention. 
Should we be concerned about that? I don't know. Just make sure that we look after ourselves when we're out and about. Normal safety precautions we would take if we were in unfamiliar locations or out late at night. Are you... are you okay after that funny turn in the cemetery? Yes, I'm, I'm fine. If you ever want to talk more about it... Thank you, but I'm sure the listeners don't want to hear about my personal life. I think we'll save that for another time. I don't know. That could be a whole series in itself. Rude! <laughs> Shall we call the number on that card? I don't see why not. Hello? Hello, Felicity. This is Gemma and Marie. We were given your number to get in contact with you regarding the podcast. Of course you are. Hello, ladies. I'm assuming you're recording this call right now for entertainment purposes. We are, yes. If you're happy for us to continue. Just FYI, you'll need to lead with that if you interview people on the phone. It's a legal thing. You may continue. Noted. We're carrying out an investigation into Kenny Goldsmith. And we're running out of leads. We've spoken to the police and the local paper and gone through newspaper archives. We need to move to the next step and we've been told that you might have some more information for us. Well, credit where credit is due. You seem to have done a good job so far. I think I can fill in some gaps for you, but not over the phone. Are you both free next week? We can be. Good. Come down to London on Tuesday and head for Seacole Building, 2 Marsham Street, Westminster, for about 10. Give me a ring when you're outside. Okay, thank you. She's gone. Road trip? Road trip. And on that note, we'll call it a day and find out who the mystery woman is in the next episode. Mm-hmm.